0: Get started at angie.com. That's A N-G-I, or download the app today. Do you dream of being CEO of your own empire, running your own company, achieving your life's goals, yet wake up in a cold sweat, next the last night's takeout leftovers and a pile of bus ticket stubs? You um, are not alone. Like many others, you are suffering from a classic case of Caviar Dreams tuna fish budget. I'm Margaret Josephs. And I'm Lexi Barbuto.
1: And every week, we'll be talking to influencers, trailblazers, disruptors, and risk-takers who'll share their own journey to caviar dreams on a tuna fish
0: budget. Side effects may include increased motivation, boundless happiness, and a fast track to success. Hello,
1: caviar dreamers. Caviar dreamers, little caviar yachters, and boaters. I'm so excited. We have on Hannah Ferrier. We do from below deck Mediterranean. Yes, and also her pot, her podcast, yes. which is what she is doing now, which is amazing. She devoted her life, <laughs> really, and yes. then she lived on a reality series, and I was very upset the way it ended, truthfully, and I think a lot of people were upset. But we're going to talk about it. But I just want to know how did she get into it? Um, what was it like? How hard? How hard is it having yeah. a job like that? Um whilst and, you're being filmed. Yeah, while whilst you're being filmed, because it's just like I obviously am on a reality not obviously, but I'm on a reality series and it films my real life. It films me doing some work, but not my work. It's more about interactions with my friends and my peers.
0: But it does take away from work at times. Because yes. It is very hard to like when we have deadlines and projects and mm-hmm. things we have to do prepare for, and you are scheduled to do like a scene, there's a party, There's this. this. It does mean you have to work around stuff. It is a little tough. It's not easy. So I can't imagine how it would be to be filmed 24 hours a day interacting with colleagues and coworkers because that is hard. Like you're also, I would imagine you feel so pulled in so many directions because you, you're doing your real job, but then the producers are asking you to do things also.
1: I know. I think it's very hard. So I'm very interested to speak to her. She has a, she
0: has a young child She does, and she's set up an amazing company now, Ocean International, which helps people um, into a yachting career. So, you know, it starts them, it gives them like a little uh, starter course. You could go on there, look things up, see if it's something for you, because, you know, I'm sure she's gonna tell us it looks very glamorous, but the reality of the reality is it's hard work, but you know, it pays off, you get to see the world.
1: Yes. I think that's so great. And I, yeah. And I want to know what are the hours really? I mean, you watch below death, but I don't think it, is isn't really realistic? It doesn't give you everything. And, and by the way, people,
0: it's very expensive to charter your own yacht, yeah. <laughs> it just is
1: not an inexpensive vacation.
0: Yeah. And Hannah wasn't on like little <laughs> charts. These were, these were like super yachts. Yes. Yes. So I'm very excited to speak to her. Hi, Hannah. So everybody, Hannah
1: Ferrier is here. I just, I gave you a great intro so many amazing things because we never really got to meet in person when I, I no, never got to I meet know.
2: you. Never I know.
1: BravoCon. We didn't get to meet then. No, it was my
2: dad's 70th birthday. So I just, I couldn't miss it.
1: No, that is much more important it is. <laughs> family, family events are much more important, but I'm so happy we get to see each other now. Um, yeah. So thank you for coming on because your career has been so interesting and we've got to watch a, a portion of it. Everybody's got yeah. to live it with you. Um, below deck Mediterranean. So yeah. I, I do have so many questions and, and so <laughs> many, and so many things and, and you've gone on from there, but just what made you decide to go into um, working on a yacht, yachting, boating? Like, did you grow up that way? Always being on a boat. Tell me about that.
2: So I actually um, had an interesting kind of start of my life because I left school when I was very, very young. I hated authority. I hated school. I was like that kind of annoying kid in school that would be like asking the geography teacher, like, where am I going to use the air versus water density in clouds? Like, how's that going to help me in life? And that's like how my brain kind of worked even at like 13. So I ended up leaving at school at 14 years old and uh, started work. And by the age of like 20, I was already a corporate account manager in IT and telecommunications, like the second largest telco in Australia. And I had definitely hit the peak of where I could get to at my age group, like all my colleagues were in their mid-30s. So I went on holidays with my mom to Europe, and I just fell in love with the south of France. And I guess it was kind of one of those situations where... The worlds collided at the right time because I kind of went like, okay, you've proved to everyone that you can kind of do the whole career and make it. So now go be young and go and have fun. So I literally put into Google, like, what can you do working in South of France? And yachting came up. I was like, okay, I guess I'll do that. And it was supposed (laughs) to be like for one year. And then I had a disastrous first season and I went like, that wasn't the experience I went for. So I went back and went back and went back. It's, um, yeah, it's quite an addictive lifestyle.
0: Yeah. And how many years were you doing that before Bravo approached you? Six years. Wow. That's a good, that's like a good long time. Yeah.
1: That's a good run. That's a good time.
0: So you yeah, have to
1: travel so, everywhere, work, work your way up and really know what was going on.
2: Yeah, definitely. I'm super bossy. So I was a chief stewardess after like yeah. a season and a half. <laughs> Oh, so that was perfect. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
1: So, so tell me, when you when you when when Bravo approached you, were you just like, you know what, I could do this job and do a reality <laughs> series, it's no problem?
2: But what had actually happened is I'd done like six years in the Mediterranean, and as spoiled as it sounds, I was like, I'm over like Saint-Tropez, Cannes, Corsica, it's like we call it the milk run, and they're beautiful places, but they kind of just become very normal. So I actually went to the States and I joined a boat in Jacksonville. Uh Uh-huh. Florida. Which was, yes, And it was hilarious actually because the chef picked me up at the airport and as we were driving back, I was like, oh, my God, pull the car over. He's like, what, what? I was like, a trailer park. I've (laughs) seen (laughs) this. And I was like, you know, just come from Saint-Tropez where I'm like, this is boring. To like, oh my God, a trailer park. So um
1: so funny.
2: Yeah, it was definitely a
1: different experience. But
2: I think I was getting to the stage where I was over kind of normal yachting. So I left that boat and then me and the girls had the summer off in um, the Med and we spent it like uh, in Croatia and the Greek islands. And that's when I was interviewing with Bravo. So once again, it was kind of really good timing because I was probably getting to the stage where I'm like, oh, I need something different, and you know, pop forty cameras on a boat, and that's different. So
1: that is how because it is. It's still work though. They're filming. You work. I mean, they have oh. people doing um, these these cruises. They're they're booking. Mm-hmm. They're chartering the yacht. And they're, and they're filming you actually do work, which is different than what they do on my show because I am where I do have a business and I, yeah. I do still work and I'm blessed that Lexi can run it and do everything else. But it's more of me interacting with my friends and more personal story where yours is actually filming you doing your job. So I think that's very different. Yeah, it's very difficult. It's very different. And the way that they
2: make Below Deck is there are no breaks. There is no downtime. There is no times when you're off camera. And that's why it is the show it is because it's kind of this perfect storm of like working so much and exhaustion and going out and alcohol. And it's all these combinations, like different nationalities, different cultures, like put that all together and you're going to kind of get fireworks because, you know, people are different and they're going to fight, especially after five tequila shots. Yes, for sure.
0: (laughs) Yes. The hard thing I think also is like for, for housewives, like you are your own boss, but like on the show, you know, you work for someone, there's someone always, you know, you had people that reported to you and then you had to report Mm -hmm. to them. Which were the hardest relationships to manage? Was it harder to like manage the expectations from like your boss or from producers? Do producers uh, step in?
2: um, They step in at times, like when needed. Um, but a lot of the time it was about, it wasn't so much about what was happening between relationships. It was more because I would be managing the day-to-day of the guest experience. And then we had to coordinate, obviously, cameras and times and locations and things like that. So I would deal with more of them for that. Um, my hardest relationship with, was with the captain. Like I found the guest. You know, they were difficult because a lot of them are coming on because they want to be on TV and they kind of, you know, I felt like after a few years they would watch the show and they kind of know, especially with me, how to poke me because they know if they poke me, they'll get a reaction. If they get a reaction, (laughs) they'll get camera time. So um, there'd been a few situations, obviously, like with crew as well, that kind of just go, oh, I want like a a good storyline or whatever in their heads. And so they'll kind of come on and give you a few, Hopes and yeah, it gets a little exhausting, but it, it's your job.
1: Did you still, were you, because was that your only job? Were you only doing charters that were filmed or were you still doing other charters? So at the
2: start, I um, did some contract work, but it was very difficult for me because I, I was like kind of based in Australia or south of France. Um, and as you know, like we do pick up interviews. Yes. So I had to be in LA. Um, A lot and it was all spaced out it was kind of like once a month so no yachting job is ever going to let you just jump on a plane for four days and go to LA every month it just doesn't really happen so I would um I'd do some contract work or go and set up a yacht before the season and then hire their crew for them and things like that but no kind of permanent positions
1: do you let me ask you this do you think that if you didn't do Brava or if it wasn't, would you still be in the yachting business? Absolutely I, not. Absolutely not. Okay. So I, it's like- I probably you know, would
2: have left years ago, to be honest.
1: Yeah. Cause I think it, it is exhausting to, it's probably hard to have a, well, let me just say, this, is it hard to have a personal life? So the hard thing with yachting is you're
2: damned if you do and damned if you don't, cause you're either in a relationship with somebody and you're on the same boat and then you're together 24, seven- you're usually two heads of department. So you're clashing at work. Then you're like, there's no space or you're on different boats and then you never see each other. So in, in kind of regular yachting, it's very difficult to maintain a relationship.
1: Yeah. So it's not, it's, it's not always a ideal lifelong job, basically. No.
2: And I never wanted to do it as a lifelong job. It was just, I would always come home after the Mediterranean summer, and then it was summer in Australia. And by the time kind of February, March rolled around, I was like, oh, do I want to go back into corporate? Or, you know, should I just go back to South of France and do one more season? So that's kind of how I just stayed in it for so long. Basically, laziness and not wanting to get back into corporate.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Get it. So now you have your own company. And yes. you are helping people into the yachting industry, which is an yeah. amazing thing to do. Um, do, you, do you think people come to you and they have preconceived notions, basically? Do you get a lot of people that come because they watch the show? Yeah, definitely, definitely. And I think it's kind of one of those situations where,
2: you know, I was, I was like five, six months pregnant when I started that company and I'd obviously already left the show. So it was a way for me to stay involved in the yachting industry and, you know, kind of pass on my knowledge. And it kind of came about because I just used to get so many DMs yes, going like, how do I get into it? How do I? And I, I got to the stage where I was like, I can't keep spending like 10 to 12 hours a week helping people mm. um, because I'm going to have a baby soon. Like, so I just worked like 18 hours a day for three months straight to create the business and the courses and all of that. And it's just great now. Cause the, the crazy thing is like, um, you know, being at home and being a new mum. I feel like it's really hard to have something for yourself and make sure that you keep your own identity because, you know, being a mother will be always be like my most important job but I also want to like look after myself and feel like I'm using my brain for something other than like, what vegetables am I pureeing today? You know? Yes. So it's Perfect. almost like my, my students are gorgeous and they're like, you know, to watch them go from how do I do this to like working on yachts and traveling and, you know, seeing photos of them in St. Bart's And like, it's like, I think I feel like I give them a lot, but then what they give me and the satisfaction I get of like seeing these little you know, birds fly off. It's like it's so lovely, especially
1: because I can stay home with my daughter and work. You know, yeah. I think that's such a great transition because I think mm-hmm. you've done every facet of it. What qualifications do you think it takes, like you know, a person to be on the yacht Do you ever have like a student come or whatever and be like, "This is not for you." Like, what what are your qualifications that you tell? People? Yeah.
2: To be honest with you, I always say like, if it's your mum or dad contacting me, then you're probably not ready. Yeah. <laughs> because <laughs> You know, you need to like, it's, it's tough. Like, this is the thing is what you see like on below deck, obviously there's cameras there, but like, I, I was two months into a job once and I found out I was working for one of the world's largest arms dealers. It's like very confronting and it can get very scary and it's you know there is like a dark side to people who have that much money when you're talking that kind of billionaire status you know of course like some of them have not got it in the nicest ways or you know in an ethical way or a moral way so because I feel like the thing is especially with the news and being in the public it's like you know, your Jeff Bezos and things like that—they started Amazon, so they're out there. But there are like a lot of rich people that nobody knows the names yes, of because of they don't want you to know the name of them. Yes. You
1: know? Yes, and you and you have to be just as nice to them as you are to like Mother Teresa or wherever it is. Yeah, exactly. You do you, and it's and it's very much a.
2: It's kind of like, especially when I joined, it was a very cowboy industry because it's like. No matter what happens or, you know, whatever goes on, if you don't like it, the only choice is leave the boat because there is no union. There's no boss to go and talk to. The captain works for the owner. And if you don't like something the owner's done or said or how he's treating you, then the answer is to walk away, you know? So you've got to be like strong and tough and have thick skin in the industry.
0: That's so hard because I'm sure... People run into so many circumstances where someone's inappropriate and you just have to handle it, suck it up and move on. Yeah. And it
2: is like, I I left the boat, I left a boat one morning at like 6 a.m. because I was like, okay, there's nothing I can do. Captain's not gonna back me. He's worked for the owner for seven years. He's used to this, so I'm done. And that's scary as well, just like taking your bags and getting off the boat in some weird port where you don't speak the language, you don't know anyone. Oh, yes, yes. that I mean,
1: that is funny. And it's like really, it's almost like every man for themselves. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Definitely. <clears throat> so, yeah, so, no, I,
2: I think it's an amazing industry, but you do need to have thick skin and you need to, and that's what I do with my students as well, is I'm very honest about um, what you're getting into, you know, in life. If I check their Instagram and there's like a Bible verse in the bio, I'm like, hey, look, it's great that you have your beliefs and things like that. But this industry, you will deal with drugs, you'll deal with prostitutes, you'll deal with, you know, so if that's kind of not an environment that you're going to be comfortable in, then it's not for you. Because there are some lovely boats of like old English money, but they're few and far between, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah a sure. lot
0: of like hardcore <laughs> partying goes on in those boats yeah ha- yes. yes and it's you have to- I, I never even like it's so funny the dark side of yachting never even crossed my mind but you're absolutely right like the uh, cartel money and the crazy mm-hmm. money and yeah wow yep. yeah yeah
1: Ooh. it's yeah i would yeah and i wouldn't even think of that yes yeah, so i feel like you just have to be able to know it's a job turn turn off your you listen everybody has a moral compass whatever and yeah it, Doesn't go along with everything else, but you can't let it come into your work, or it's not. And I understand that. Yeah. You've kind
2: of got to be almost a little bit a step removed from yourself in some ways. Like, you can't get sad or emotional about, you know, things you see. Or, like, I remember one boat I worked on, like, it really affected me emotionally because the sun, he was just so used to this life. It was like an 80 meter. And he used to stay in his room. He was like 17 and he'd stay in his room till seven o'clock every night playing video games. Uh. And I don't know why that really affected me emotionally, but I'm like, I'm so sad for you that we're like on this massive yacht in, you know, these gorgeous locations and all your whole life, all you do is sit and play video games. Like it makes me, so that's the thing is it's not even just, you know, the drugs and prostitutes and all that. It's like, there are some people that they have all the money in the world, but they're just not, not fulfilled or not happy Yeah, And that can mess with you as well a little bit mentally.
1: No, of course. Yeah. It's like, you feel you feel sad for them and, and you see a lot of sad things. And I think it also shows you, money obviously does not bring happiness no. and, mm-hmm. and this beautiful lifestyle. You know, they have the same problems we all do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That, that we you all know, suffer with.
2: Yeah, it was always a little bit different with charter boats because you could come on the kind of, I guess, how much money you have to be able to afford 120,000 euros for a charter for a week compared to how much money you need to have to own and run an 80-meter yacht, so that's 300 feet. It's a very different scale of wealth. Yes. And I always said the people that owned the actual yachts, I never worked on one yacht in my whole career where the owner was happier than the crew ever.
1: Oh, well, that's, a, wow. that's sad. That's Isn't a that's, that is mm-hmm. That is tragic. And, and yeah. I hear that a lot too. I, I know some people who have great wealth like that and their family has had a lot of great tragedy and a lot of great sadness. So, yeah, and, and, it's, and it's unfortunate. hmm
0: mm-hmm.
2: And it's also the person itself, I feel, because, you know, a lot of people... There's a lot to distract you in the day because you have bills to pay. You've got a job to go to. You have a boss to report to. When you take all that away and you actually just need to sit in yourself, especially the people that have gained their wealth in in a not good way, you know, you've just got to sit in yourself and then you've got to look at your core and go like, am I happy with myself as a person? Am I happy with how I've created this life? And a lot of the times the answer is no. And then... It's already done, you know? No, that's yeah. true. We're I
1: getting think. very deep. I'm sorry. No, I like it. No, <laughs> no you know what? I, so I like it. And I think it's very interesting. And I like the introspectiveness because I think you've gained so much knowledge of life. It's just not about the boating. It's about so many things, Yeah, um, which, which is so interesting and I think important. Um, I will say this also about being on a reality series because obviously we have that in common. You know, people always, um, a lot of people in my family who refuse to go on the show, uh, pass it off <laughs> to fluff and nonsense. And, but I always say it's a very big study in sociology, psychology, mm-hmm. and the way people relate to it and the way people see different things as a pivotal point in your career and everything else, mm-hmm. which, you know, hit home for me, which made me very sad, um, which when you had left, you had left the show. Yeah. Uh, you know, and I felt, you know, everyone's like, well, rules are rules. Everybody was really, you know, very devastated about the way Mm -hmm. it happened. Um, Yeah. Have your feelings changed at all towards, you know, have you like, when you reflect back on it, um, you know, I know the way I feel about it, but tell me, tell me what was going through your head at that time. I know, like, I've watched your interviews on it. I've watched what you've said on Watch What Happens Live. I guess probably my biggest thing that I didn't like
2: about the situation was I didn't like the words like, I didn't like how it was handled for what it was. Yes. And it's something that has been aired on the show that I have anxiety. It is something that every person on that boat knew that I had anti-anxiety medication. Yes. Um, So to me, it was like the coming down, like while I'm going to the bathroom to check if I'm flushing my drugs. I'm like, to me, like, I was just sitting there going like, why would I flush my anti-anxiety medication? If anything, I'm going to fucking need it after this. Aren't <laughs> I? Like, yes, yes. <laughs> and it's
1: also to make it out like it was drugs. Yes, yeah. That's what I was so um, upset about. Yeah, take it out like really it was some illicit like that. substance mm-hmm. that wasn't prescribed to. That's what, you know, and that's what, yeah. that spin on it was very uh, upsetting to say the least.
2: Yeah. And I also didn't like that it wasn't made very clear that there was a prescription
1: on the box. I saw it. I saw the prescription. Because yeah. that's, that's, prescri- how we do that's it a prescription Australia. box. That's a prescription box.
2: Yeah. Like and I then- know
1: that, but everybody else might not.
2: Yeah. And then if you turn it around, it says prescribed to Hannah by this doctor on this date. And what I was going to look for is my doctor also gives me a physical letter so that when I'm going through airports or things like that, if they ask for it, there's a letter from my doctor. So that's what I was going to look for. I wasn't going to look for the prescription because it was on the box. So it just saddened me as well, obviously after, you know, I was I had my partner at home. I was in a very different space mentally. You could probably see that watching the part of the season that I was in. A big thing for me that year was alcohol. So I was going like, I have like a partner at home who I know I'm going to marry. So I don't want to be going and doing shots and then be chatting to somebody and it can be misconceived. So I kept my alcohol to a minimum. And I guess the thing that made me laugh more than anything was, It was like, you're talking about being a danger at sea and stuff. I'm like, you literally have aired deckhands who say they're still drunk while the boat is going out with guests on. And this season is probably the safest I am at sea because I'm not
1: drinking.
2: (laughs) Yes,
1: (laughs) yes, yes. And, and And I'm probably the calmest. Yes. And people forgive drinking and they don't look at drinking as like an issue And everything else. And I always Mm -hmm. find that very shocking because I don't drink alcohol only because, listen, I've written it in my book. My mother had an issue with drinking. Mm. um, And then when I tried to drink, I get a headache anyway. And I I just don't like it. I don't like to feel out of control. But drinking really does affect you. So, I, I mean, people give drinking such a pass and then you know, have something to say about everything else that's, you, yeah, you. you know, it's not held. Yeah. To, yeah, exactly. Not held to the same. And, extent, and that I feel
2: like as well, it's like, it was like, I got so frustrated in the reunion because they were going, if you take that, then you won't wake up if there's an emergency on board. And I'm like, if you take that as somebody who doesn't have anxiety, that's what it can do. But like when you have, drugs that combat a mental health it takes you down to the level of a normal person it's not taking you below that it's five milligrams i'm gonna wake up i can do my duties on board it's fine it's just leveling me out so that i don't have physical anxiety you know if anything if there is an emergency i'd much prefer me on a valium than not to be honest i would be a lot calmer in getting
0: things done you know it's funny because it's very uncharted territory also. Like I have such feelings about this. Like you are on a reality show and you do sign up to have your whole life. Yes. Air. But when it comes to like personal medical information, that's hmm. where it, it's hard to, to reckon with. Like how yes. much does it feel yes. appropriate to add? Do you know what I mean? Like, cause that is yeah. personal.
2: You saw a situation with Captain Lee um, on I think it was season one or two with, um, um, I can't remember her name. Um, but she had anti-anxiety medication and he's like, have you got a prescription for that? She was like, yes. He's like, okay, go back to work.
1: Yes. He handled so it, it very differently. I yeah. Didn't
2: remember that. Yeah. So yeah, it could have been a, a, like, you know, a chat in the office of Hannah, like, cause the other thing as well is it's like, it's like, you have to register, you have to register. It's like, I get that. But also, please remember, I don't work on normal boats anymore. And you guys all know that. I haven't worked on normal boats for like four and a half years, five years. So we're making a reality show. And to me, if I communicate things with production or with Sandy, then, you know, like, it's almost like, okay, yes, on the technicality, I did make a mistake and forget to log it. But you have, to, you know, it could have yes. been a yeah. make
1: believe sure me. I understand completely, and it, everybody was upset. And but I feel mm. like, you know, it was probably do you feel like you look back, you're like, this sucks, but it's like, fine, I'm out, I'm going back to my partner, and I'm gonna live my real life.
2: Yeah, definitely. Like, I would have been done at the end of that season anyway, regardless of what had happened. Um, you know when they were filming the next season, I was giving birth. So it yes, <laughs> yes, was yes. definitely, um, you know, my time to exit. The only thing I guess is it's just like we started Below Deck Mediterranean you did. on a lot smaller budget than what they have now in like these tiny little hotel rooms in, <laughs> in the of the Greek right islands with like no air conditioning in our interviews. And I've had the same EP, Exec Producer, the entire time. So it just, I feel like I did, you know, traveling back and forth from Australia to the States constantly. I feel like I put a lot into the show. It would have just it. been nice to kind of just leave on a nice night,
1: you know? Yeah, yeah. I know. I love to go to the doctor. Uh, you do. I do. And I always am calling someone, do you have a referral? Do you have a great neurologist? Do you have a great dermatologist? Do you have a great orthopedist? And I never know who to believe. So I found this great app called Zocdoc. Ooh. It's, it's a free app. And it's actually almost like a doctor referral system. It's reviewed by actual patients. And all the doctors on there take insurance and it's patient reviewed. And they're available when you need them. I just go on ZocDoc. I find the right doctor and I book a doctor who's right for me. And it doesn't need to be a terrible experience because I'm always just trying to find a doctor in my area. And you don't know what is right for you and ZocDoc makes it so easy.
0: That's so great. It makes it so simple because you could check who takes your insurance and you can make an appointment that works at a time that's convenient for you. You get quality doctors
1: and I didn't know the right orthopedist to use. I had a bad shoulder and I found a great one on ZocDoc. ZocDoc is a free Literally, free app that shows you doctors who are patient-reviewed, take your insurance, and are available when you need them. Go to ZocDoc.com slash caviar, C-A-V-I-A-R, and download the ZocDoc app for free. Then start your search for a top-rated doctor today. Many are available within 24 hours. That's ZocDoc, Z-O-C-D-O-C.com slash caviar. ZocDoc.com slash caviar.
0: So tell us about your podcast. Yes, also. I'm so excited.
2: So um, the podcast came about, I guess, after, um, you know, I'd been fired from the show and it was kind of just a way to keep up with, you know, the, the people who have followed me throughout the years, because, you know, you've got Instagram and things like that. But it started off um, with me finding like an old diary, And then it got to the stage where I was like, okay, I actually like can't keep going with these diary entries because I'm probably gonna get like 15 people arrested. Um, So then I just decided, like, okay, what are you passionate about, and what you know, people who listen to your podcast want to hear? And it turned into interviewing like amazing reality stars about their seasons, their lives, their brands, you know, reality TV in general. So it's just such a fun way to. I guess, keep in touch with the fans and also just keep like um, a little foot in the kind of reality TV world and be able to get to speak to cool people like you. <laughs> oh, you.
1: Yes, no, it's, it's fun. It's fun to podcast and things like that. And it's also, you get to do it, stay home with your daughter, you get to keep, yeah. and then you have your business, which is so good. But I love that like you were able to pivot and do a positive spin and you do everything in such a positive way. Yes. Yeah. Which is so good.
2: It is because I think as well, like, for me, I genuinely didn't feel like I had done anything wrong. So there was not a need to feel ashamed or like curl up and put my my Instagram comments off off and stuff. Yeah. So I was like, well, I'm just going to make the best of this situation and do something that I love and help people. Because my big thing as well with my business is like, I love helping people get from small towns to traveling the world. Cause I think traveling can just open up your mind, your whole life, you know? So I love being able to help people do that. And I get to stay home with Ava. So
1: I know, I know. Has Ava taken any trips yet?
2: Well, our international borders have been shut for it's the past true. two and a half That's years. True.
1: You know what? You're right.
0: You're I awesome. forgot they yeah. haven't opened yours yet. Yeah, right? I forgot That's about so that. They, yeah, we're open. I
2: think in like three days they open. Oh, okay. Where's, so I'm where just do you in want- time for
1: my honeymoon. Oh, <laughs> good. Where do you, okay, your honeymoon, you're going to do that. But where do you want to take? Where's Ava's first trip going to be?
2: I think either Fiji or Thailand. Um, Fiji, I love how much they love kids over there. So all the staff just like give them so much attention and it's really cute. And it's a close flight from here. It's like three hours, but Thailand is very special to me. It's where I would go after filming every season after every season before below death, I would always go to Thailand. So, um, yeah. One of those two, but then we have to take her to Scotland to meet Josh's family as well.
0: Oh, I didn't know your husband is from Scotland. Yeah. Oh my God, that's amazing. I'm from England. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Actually, it's so funny because we were talking the other day about going in uh, August. And I said, well, if I go to Europe, I have to go to South of France, like to see all my friends and things like that. Like one of my best friends Mm -hmm. is over there. And uh, he goes, okay, well, I want you in Scotland the whole time. So how about you fly over earlier? And then I'll meet you in Scotland with Ava. I was like, yep. Yep, yep. Yeah. He has not thought about the plane ride alone with a baby. Yes, (laughs) I know. Oh
1: my God. Good for you. You're getting off the hook. Um,
2: Yeah. So he's like, why does she want to book these flights so quickly? I'm like, get onto it.
1: (laughs) Perfect. You, You need it. You need to, you need to go and go and be with your friends. So everybody who comes on, we ask them these questions, was you feel your big girl panty moment in your career, you know, before, below, whenever, like you you felt like, oh my God, this is my sink or swim moment. What am I going to do? Could have been like, you know, people drowning, whatever. (laughs) Tell me.
2: No, see, that's the thing is I kind of, I guess I, because I was doing it season to season, I never really looked at yachting as like a long-term career, um, So it was definitely before the episode aired where I was getting fired and I was really pregnant and I kind of had the choice then, you know, because it's not like my partner was putting any pressure on me or anything. He was like, you know, put your feet up and watch Netflix. But it was very much a choice of, do I just chill and have my baby and be a stay at home mom? Or do I put my big girl panties on and like make something of this opportunity that I've worked hard for? and, you know, make something kind of longer term. And that was like, it got to the stage actually where Josh was like, you can't keep working this hard when you're pregnant. Like it wasn't physical, but it was just all day, every day. And that was definitely my like kind of moment.
1: Well, listen, that was a pivotal point. And that's, that was a big girl but you did, the, you did a great thing. And you know, you're helping so many people, you yeah. create a great business.
0: So we also ask, what is your most entrepreneur real advice? So I guess for anyone who wants to enter into the industry, what is your most real advice that you could give them?
2: Um, is probably like I always tell this to my students. I'm like, don't go and think that like, for example, with yachting, don't go think you're going to be swanning around sipping champagne on a yacht because it is a hard industry and you have to be tough and you have to be strong and you've got to work long hours and you've got to respect hierarchy. And even if you're, you know, superiors doing something or saying something that you don't think is right, it doesn't matter because it's just hierarchy. It's a yacht. Um, but you can go, I remember one day I went from literally like carrying a, <laughs> a uh, lady of the night into her room because she was so drunk. And then the next day the guests left and we were on jet skis in the Amalfi Coast eating like crab legs and drinking champagne on the back of the yacht. So it is the highest of highs and the lowest of lows, but it is a thousand percent worth it.
1: Oh, that sounds so fun. I do want to ask you, like how many hours do you have to work
2: so there's new hours of rest laws that have come in. But when I started,
1: you were doing 18 hours a day. Oh my God. I would die on that little I amount of sleep. It. I think I'd have a breakdown. Yeah. So is it like 18 hours a day, not even a day off till it's over? Like, So I did on
2: one yacht, I did 18 hours a day for
1: 154 days straight. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> That's a big mean, I hope. Insane. I mean, I hope you got paid a fortune for that.
2: Yeah, well, this, the, the good thing is, is even if you're not getting paid that well, you have no time to
1: spend your money. So everything's <laughs> I, I, <laughs> I know. Oh my God. I, must have, oh. I mean, Jesus. Oh, yeah. oh, that is crazy. That's, That's crazy. Insane. That is so, crazy. So, Hannah, I always say I'm successful because I'm 50% determined, 50% delusional. What do you think that you um, are? What are your percentages of anything? like?
2: 50- I'm probably... Fifty percent fake it till you make it, thirty percent imposter syndrome and twenty percent confident.
1: <laughs> yes. I love it. I'm all about it. I get it. I get exactly what you're saying. Yeah, the yeah. I'm all about the fake it till you make. That's the delusion yeah. the fake it till you make. You know, in my head when I was little, I, I had no you know, I had no idea, you know, we never my I was I always thought I was famous in my head. I, I was not I walked into a room when I was little with my mother, you know. And I always thought, yeah, yeah I, I must have thought I was on TV since I was like, Whoa. yeah. But I
2: love the- Well, most- no, that, that's the thing is like-, like um, Pastor
1: syndrome's is a big thing that people don't talk
2: yeah. about. Yeah. No, they don't. And I have it like every day. So I'm always just waiting for someone to go, we're taking everything away from you.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I, I have that also. Um, I wrote about it in my book.
2: Okay. Yeah, no. And like, but the crazy thing is like, so in Australia, our drinking age is like 18. And I left school when I was very young. And I used to, I was working in a cafe in the city. And kind of everyone else would always, you know, like, I had friends a few years older than me, and they would like get a six pack of beer and like go and sneak around and things like that. And I would like put some heels on and go to like, the best bars and restaurants in Sydney and be like sipping wine and champagne and things like that. I'm like, you were 15, go home. Yeah, <laughs> yes. so it was that fake it till you make it. I'm like, if you walk in with enough confidence, then they don't really ask you anything, especially back then. I'm sure they're a lot better these days.
1: No, yeah, same thing with me. I was uh, out in nightclubs in New York City. I was 16, you know, yeah, hanging out with like men. It's like something's wrong here. But it was normal. It was normal. I mean, you know, 50, 40. I mean, when I was 16, I mean, that shit went on.
0: Yeah. In England, the drinking age is 18. So by 14, like if you look old enough, you be going to nightclubs. No one asked yeah. me for my ID. I had to fake my 18th birthday and pretend it was my 21st. Because <laughs> all the doormen knew me so well for so many years. One of them I've been out with on dates. So I had to lie. Oh you know God. it's I like, I know. I, I
1: feel that way also. I mean, like you probably feel like your life is a dream. How did I get here? How is this possible? I know what yeah. you're saying. Um,
2: Especially now because, you know, I think I've had a lot of like – up and down relationships in the past so to have like such a calming presence with Josh and to have my little girl and to just be really happy like 95% of the time you just like kind of pinch yourself you know
1: yes Um, enjoy every moment because you (laughs) No, it's true but you deserve it all you you really do I know I know the feeling. You feel like the rug's gonna be ripped out and something, but don't yeah. you know what you deserve all the happiness. Enjoy that oh, little angel. Well, Hannah, thank you. thank you so much for coming on. Everyone, uh, everyone where, where, they you, yes. where they could find you where they
0: can find the podcast.
2: I'm on Instagram at Hannah 234 and at Hannah's Podcast. And then the podcast is called De Reality Your F and the company is Ocean International Training Academy. If anyone wants to go and work on yacht.
1: I think that's great. Thank you so much. I just love her. She's so beautiful. Beautiful, smart, um, been through a lot. I mean, just, just everything about her career is so interesting.
0: So interesting. There's so many things you don't think about, the challenges of that career. I mean, when you think something pisses you off, you just can't leave. You have to relinquish an, you know, percentage of control but remain so self-controlled basically yes. yachting
1: is a road career yeah it's for pirates yeah <laughs> I mean, that's yeah. what it sounds like you know, meaning like um the standard rules don't apply
0: yeah for because sure
1: especially if you're working for a family everything else is like, basically it's like everything else is puff off
0: yeah there's no call in hr in this situation yeah there's no hr so but, but- at the same time the thought of jet ski, champagne, and crab legs in the United States sounds it. fabulous. Yes. Especially when you're so young and that's the opportunity you have. Yes. Uh, so I and love and the I'm idea. Sure. Yeah, it just sounds...
1: But everything... Of, I love that she started a business. Yes. Um, she turned lemons into lemonade. Yes. Which, and it's really very impressive. And a strong one We
0: all love a strong woman. Well, it takes an incredible strength to turn you know a situation where all eyes are on you but to see the positive and see all the press and stay screw this i'm gonna run with it and make something amazing here yes and i
1: love that she's so happy with little ava and josh her family so everybody please follow Hannah ferrier on instagram um, listen to her podcast your reality your f uh, i will be on there soon <laughs> that's right the march. yes and i hope you guys enjoyed this episode
0: because i sure as hell did Yes, and new episodes every other Wednesday. We have amazing guests coming up. We do. So check the Instagram and you could submit questions for guests too. Yes. So we will see you guys soon. You can follow us at Caviar Dreams, Tuna Fish Budget, anywhere you find new podcasts, Spotify, Amazon, Apple Podcasts, everywhere.
1: Oh, I can't believe I didn't make her say June, June, Hannah. Oh. <laughs> that was like one of my favorite lines. Okay. You can make her say that when you're on her podcast. Yes, exactly. See you soon, Caviar Dreamers. Keep, Keep dreaming. dreaming. You know and don't what-